And now for something completely different. Here's what's coming up this hour on today's experience. It's totally terrific, totally transforming, and totally triumphant Tuesday as we find unity from the Father through the Son and by the Spirit all for the glory of God Almighty. For so many people can say the phrase God without freaking out too much. That's because they have this esoteric image of some type of God who's out there in the ether. But when pressed against it, they squirm when you say that Jesus is God. I understand that as a Jewish person before I was saved. But as a Christian, authentic Bible-believing, born-again Christians, Jesus is the sweetest name we know. Jesus is God. Let everybody know. Next, while sometimes we can catch a glimpse of the demonic warfare around us and influencing people around us. After all, Ephesians 6.12 states we're wrestling is not our wrestling is not against blood and flesh. It's against rulers, against authorities, against the cosmic powers of this darkness, against the spiritual forces of evil and the heavenly realms. So we need to be aware that there's more demonic warfare around of us around us than we thought. And finally, there are four requirements to love someone in our lives. That is, it's those that are naturally unlovable. <laughs> so you know those people in your life that are unlovable, that you're like going, yikes. Uh, we review the biblical commands and we discover a fantastic truth about genuine love. Guess what? This will, this will blow you away, right? There's no feelings required or even seen. But there is the decision to obey God. Now, how is that possible? Simple. Love is a decision, not something that's hooked on a feeling. David Spoon's life has been an experience. While growing up in a Jewish family, he made a wrong turn towards drug abuse. Then David Spoon found Jesus Christ, and his life completely changed. The more he studied the gospel, the more he wanted to share his experiences with others. After 35 years of ministry, David discovered a new path of service. He joined KAAM, and this radio program began. You're about to hear the David Spoon Experience. Welcome to the David Spoon Experience, local, national, and heavenly talk. Here's what else we're looking at during the show. Lessons for surviving, living, and prevailing. Politics, entertainment, and current events. Personal revelations. Oh, no. Spiritual observations. Oh, my. And my life's insanities. Oh, no. And so much more. We're asking you, what do you think? Now, you can email us, david at hemustincrease.org. That's david at hemustincrease.org. David, not a king before it, not a king after it, just David. David at hemustincrease.org. You can text us. 214-210-8483. That's 214-210-8483. Did I say it was 214-210-8483? I think I did. Also, you can call us. Get ready for this. You can call us at 972-445-0770. Isn't that great? That number is so cool. When you call that number, so many great things happen. 972-445-0770. When you call that number today, 972-445-0770, you're going to talk to, for the first time, Mighty Gabriel. 
and then you're going to find out that talking to Gabriel, the mighty Gabriel, is like talking to a new best friend. And then you will be... Come fly with me, let's fly, let's fly away. That's right. <laughs> hey, we're working it out. If you guys don't like it, we'll figure it out. I'll have to have a new kind of intro to that. like, Because then you instead of you will be, we'll have to be something like, you should go <laughs> fly away. Come fly with me, let's fly, go. let's... And everybody's like, oh, you can't use that guy's music. The big knob on the right. Try that one. Anyhow, that changes the station. <laughs> okay, here we go. Uh, so bottom line is if you've got a praise report or a prayer request, okay? Praise report, prayer request. If you got something you want to share, you got a question, absolutely positively reach out to us and we will engage with it. We're going to pray in just a moment for Easton. Easton's going through a really, really hard time, so I'm not liking that. I do want to give one shout out to Steve who did, made a really excellent point. He, you know, We were talking about judging in the last segment. He said, if you can't judge, you really can't forgive. That's right. He's right, 100% correct. So I just want to give him acknowledgement for that. That was a good line. So the the process that we're going to talk about today is we got a couple of different things to share. We're working on bringing Gabriel in. We'll tell you what's going on with that as time goes on. He's doing a fine job. This is his first time ever doing the board, so he's doing great considering that's the, the case. Additionally, what I want you to do is be able to reach out to us if you've got a question or a praise report or a prayer request. And I'm going to open this up with some prayer for my grandson. So as you know, he's been doing really good. He had a surgery. Everything went well. In the last two days, he's been doing really bad. And so really bad means that they've been at the hospital nonstop for about 48, 72, about 72 hours. And so it's been really hard, and they're not getting a lot of sleep. So I'm going to take a moment and pray a little bit selfishly, but I need your faith to join with mine. And then I'm also going to be praying for people in our audience for physical health as well. So let's do that first and foremost, okay? All right, let's do it together. Father, we come before you right now. We thank you. We praise you. We worship you. First, we thank our God. That is, the, that is absolutely the way that we love to approach you. We are so thankful for so many things. Even when things are hard, Lord, your grace is more than abundant. Your mercy is more than abundant for us. We appreciate you and the kindness you've extended to us. We could never deserve it, and we gladly receive the graces and mercies you pour into our lives. I lift up little Easton to you. He's in that hospital, and I sometimes I feel, Lord, as sorry for Julianne and Jared as I do for Easton. I just pray that you would give the parents great refreshment. And you would give healing power into Easton's little life. And that you would help him rise up and do better. Help him to recover and do better. We want him to have a quality of life, of course. So we're asking for your grace in this situation. And we pray for the people in our audience. There's a lot of people that we have that are hurting. And they're hurting in different ways. Some it's more emotional and some it's specifically physical. Some people are battling Diseases that are trying to terminate and take their lives. Some people are battling diseases in their minds that are trying to take their hearts away. We just ask you for grace and for love and for courage. And that none of these people would feel like they're battling alone, but that they would know you're with them and we're with them as brothers and sisters. We petition you as our dad 
Please help in this situation, we pray. In Jesus' name, amen and amen. Okay, so we did that, and we are still going to do our trivia, so don't think I'm going to miss trivia. No, I'm not. I'm not missing trivia. Here we go. True or false? Okay, so this is a 50-50. So it's a good one. True or false? Jesus' first miracle to, took place at a wedding. Okay? Jesus' first miracle. Now, you know I can do a really quick joke about Jewish weddings right there, but I'm not going to. I'm just going to say <laughs> Jesus' first miracle. Not an accident uh, one way or another, right? I think we all know that. Uh, if you know the number or if you know the answer, 972-445-0770. You can also text in 214-210-8483. And then you can send an email, David, at hemustincrease.org. I think I'm missing anything. Am I missing anything? I don't think so. All right, let me do my first teach. Uh, Luke chapter 8, verse 38 and 39. The man from whom the demon had gone out begged that he might be with him, but Jesus sent him away, saying, Return to your home and declare how much God has done for you. So, did you hear what he said? What did he say? Declare how much God has done for you. And he went away, proclaiming throughout the whole city how much Jesus had done for him. How much Jesus had done for him. I'm not going to let you miss this because it's important. Okay? All right. I want you to think about what's taking place. This guy has all these demons in him. How'd they get there? I don't know. Scripture doesn't give us enough on that. Okay? He's got all these demons. Jesus casts out the demons. What does the guy say? I want to go with you. For everybody said, every person that ever came to Jesus and said, I want to go with you, Jesus said, yes. No, he didn't. He didn't say that. Because Jesus has different purposes for different people at different times. And so instead, Jesus goes, nope, can't come with me. But Jesus gave him a mission, a specific task. Return to your home and declare how much God has done for you. Okay? You can't miss this. It's if you miss this, it's you know, this is like the disruption of language. <laughs> Something along those lines. Listen to what he says. Return to your home and declare how much God has done for you. I'll just say it one more time because I don't want you to miss it. Declare, okay? You return to your home and declare how much God has done for you. So the man went away proclaiming throughout the whole city how much Jesus had done for him. He went away and he proclaimed throughout the whole city how much Jesus had done for him. He went away and proclaimed how much Jesus has done for him. Okay? Listen. Okay? He declared how much God had done for him, and he did it by saying how much Jesus did for him. I don't know how you missed this. It's like, this is how much God did for me. That's what you're going to tell people. Then he went out and told people, Jesus healed me. Get it? And people that get squirmy when you say Jesus is God, there's a got to be aware of that okay and the reason you got to be aware of that is because jesus is god and when people don't like it it should be a little bell in your head going ding 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 that's not good right father son and holy spirit manifests himself in these three 
essence or what they essentials is what was what the theologians say, which is just goofy. But it's like as a father, heavenly father, protector, provider, uh, and, and things of that nature, the Holy Spirit, somebody that's with you, kind of like sunshine everywhere you go. It's with you every day, inside and out. And then Jesus as the connector between you and God. He's that part that identifies with you, fully represents you as human, being born of Mary, fully represents God, being born of the Holy Spirit. Got it. Stop trying to make it what it's not. Stop trying to make it something greater or worse than it is. Just keep it where it is. That's the illumination and the understanding. Okay, back to the trivia question. True or false? The first miracle took place at a wedding that Jesus did, and the answer is true. I think it's very funny that he did his first miracle at a Jewish wedding. I'm just going to leave that there and let you think about that. I've been to many Jewish weddings. Uh, Many people know many miracles are needed at many Jewish weddings. Okay, we'll just leave that there. All right, we're going to take a break, and then we're going to come back. You are listening to the David Spoon Experience right here on KAAM 770, the true station here in Texas. Short break. We'll be back. Don't go anywhere. Hello, Captain Chris here from the David Spoon Experience. I help coordinate the radio show, and we're looking for a few good people to join our crew and become representatives, ambassadors, and stewards of the radio ministry. Now, you may be thinking, well, gee, I'd love to get involved, but I'm not very qualified for ministerial positions. Me too! The truth is that because you are a child of our Heavenly Father, that you trust in the Lord Jesus Christ, and you seek to live by the power of the Holy Spirit, you already have all that you need to have to be part of this ministry. Uh, but Chris, don't I need to be perfect? <laughs> no! Just go to hemustincrease.org. That's hemustincrease.org. Click on the three lines at the top right of the website, and then click on the Ambassador's Initiative link. Fill out the form, and we will reach out to you. Sorry, no parking tickets will be paid for you as an ambassador through this position, so you may appeal to a higher power. The David Spoon Experience. So in this position, I have the opportunity to interview people and have so for the last five years from all across the range of Christianity, uh, from, from authors and from actors and musicians. We are about to have an opportunity we've never had on this show. We actually have Lee Strobel on the phone with us. It was 19 years ago, I believe, this September 1st, where his book came out, The Case for Christ. If you're Jewish like I am and then became a Christian, that was when you went, oy vey. This book was a life changer for many, and now it's a movie. Lee, are you there on the phone with us? I am, David. How you doing, my friend? I am doing fantastic. Thrilled to have you on the show. It's Thank my you. privilege. I'm just, I just got to start. I know they give you a list of questions just so you can know, Lee. I never use them. So, uh, good for you. <laughs> it's like, come on. I want to tell you, we're brothers yeah, here absolutely. in the Lord. Talk to me. First of all, you wrote this book, The Case for Christ. Let's first talk about the writing of the book, and then we'll talk about that connection to the movie. Why did you write this book? 
Well, I didn't start out to to do that. I mean, um, I was an atheist. My wife became a Christian. So in order to try to rescue her from this Christian cult, I uh, decided to use my journalism training and legal training and uh, disprove Christianity to um, show that the resurrection never really happened. Uh, of course, I ended up coming to the opposite conclusion and ended up coming to faith. But I, I, I did this investigation for my own edification, for my own education, not because I wanted to write a book. And then it was actually later my wife said to me, hey, you ought to write a book about that. I said, really? And she said, sure. So uh, that's how the book came about. Welcome back to the David Spoon Experience. Thank you for joining us here at KAAM 770, the truth station here in Texas. That's KAAM 770, the truth station here in Texas. Getting ready for your next trivia question. Ooh, this one's a tough one. Ooh, it's a tough one. There is one unique saying of Jesus. Oh, that is not found in the four Gospels, but comes in another book in the New Testament. Which New Testament book does that saying come in? Which New Testament book? Now, before you answer, even though Al already answered Peter, it is not Revelation. (laughs) It's another book, not... In the Gospels, where Jesus said something, you know, if I was guessing, I would have said Revelation first. But I'm just telling you now, it's not, it's not there. Okay. And if Al's just joining us, you missed the judge between Whataburger and In-N-Out. And I just told everybody you'd pick Whataburger. Uh, if you think you know the answer, you can call in 972-445-0770. You can also text in 214-210-8483. As well, you can send an email, david at hemustincrease.org. And I didn't say this was an easy one, but here it is. So you've got 39 books in the Old Testament, 27 in the New. I'm asking you not in Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, something that Jesus said, a well-known saying now, but it's not in the book of Revelation. So it's between Acts and Jude. There you go. So you just got to like, which book would that come out of? And uh, you'll understand when I say it. You'll go, oh, yeah. That's usually what happens. The light bulb goes on. Oh, yeah. If you think you know, 972-445-0770. Nice job, Annika. Uh, 214-210-8483 as well. You can send an email, david at hemustincrease.org. And as you know, uh, important to our function as an organization, we have to tell jokes now. So that's just just, just the way it goes. All right, first thing I'm going to tell you, uh, this is just a cute little thing. Uh, Does he have his hand on the buzzer, by the way? Does he know what the buzzer is? Does he? Okay, he does know what the buzzer is. That's not good. All right, here we go. Uh, This is just a one-liner, but it's cute. Despite what the Bible says about ants being no sluggard, I can't help but notice they always find time to go to picnics. Okay, see, that's just cute. Okay, here you go. All right, ready? Here's your first one. Get ready. Here we go. One night, a wife found her husband standing over their newborn baby's crib. Silently, she watched him. 
as he stood looking down at the sleeping infant. She saw on his face a mixture of emotions, disbelief, doubt, delight, amazement, enchantment, skepticism. Touched by this unusual display and the deep emotion, emotions it aroused, with eyes glistening, she slipped her arms around her husband. A penny for your thoughts, she whispered in his ear. It's amazing, he replied. I just can't see how anybody can make a crib for only $46.50. <laughs> not bad. That's not bad. Come on. See the baby. Okay. <laughs> I think we'll just leave that there. <laughs> Maybe we should just leave it. I have another one. You want me to try another one? You think we should? Oh, no? Yes? No? Yeah? All right, why not? A father and his son. Uh, what? what? What do you got to do? You can listen. All right, here we go. A father and his son went fishing one day. Wait a minute. <laughs> I didn't start yet. A father and his son went fishing one day. After a couple of hours of the boat, the boy suddenly became curious about the world around him. He asked his father, how does this boat float? The father thought for a moment, then replied, don't rightly know, son. Well, the boy returned to his contemplation, then turned back to his father. How did the fish breathe underwater? Once again, the father replied, don't rightly know, son. A little later, the boy asked his father, why is the sky blue? Again, the father replied, don't rightly know. Worried he was going to annoy his father, he said, Dad, do you mind me asking all these questions? He goes, of course not, son. If you don't ask any questions, you'll never learn anything. Ah, waka, waka. <laughs> all right, it's cute. All right. Trivia, what is our trivia, trivia question? All right. All right, there is, a, there is one saying of Jesus which is not found in the four Gospels but comes in another book in the New Testament. Which New Testament book does that saying come in? So we're only looking for the book. We're not looking for the saying, but I will give you the saying. Okay, ready? It is more blessed to give than receive. Where is that located? It is more blessed to give than receive. All right, if you think you know the answer, is 972-445-0770. Also, 214-210-8483. As well, send an email, david at hemusincrease.org. Uh, for Joanne and Cordelia, had it right the first time. Stay with, stay with your gut. Stay with your gut. All right, here we go. All right. Uh, they still have to ask. That's the title of this DDD, this devotional diamond of the day. Ready? All right, Luke chapter 8, verse 30. Jesus then asked them, what is your name? And he said, Legion, for many demons had entered him. So we're kind of backtracking from our last little teaching. And they begged him not to command them to depart into the abyss. Now a large herd of pigs was feeding there on the hillside, and they begged him to let them enter. So he gave them permission. Okay. I want to talk about this. He gave them permission. So unfortunately, about 40 years ago, the president of the Baptist uh, theological, uh, like the main group, uh, said that, uh, that uh, Jesus actually answered this as a prayer, and it, that was wrong. <laughs> that's, not, that's not correct. Okay. But what I want you to catch is, you know how you go through warfare? It's irritating. Don't tell me it's not irritating. Satan is ir it's irritating to go through warfare. He doesn't make things nice. He's not, he doesn't like us. He hates us. Every time we do anything that glorifies God, it rips into him. So he doesn't like us. Okay. 
if he had permission, he would annihilate us. He doesn't have permission. That's the, the big part of it. But I want you to see how important that is to understand. These demons could not leave and depart into pigs without the permission of Jesus. Okay, let's go back to that question. Who's in charge? Jesus is in charge. Who's in charge? Jesus is in charge. So Jesus was the one who gave them permission. So Job, in his situation, Satan had to ask to challenge and attack his faith. Who's in charge? Jesus is in charge. Peter, when Peter had his situation, Satan had to ask to sift him like wheat. Remember, he says, Satan has asked to sift you like wheat. He has to ask. Now, I don't want you to get too excited about this because many times when the Scripture makes reference to this, the Lord allows it. <laughs> so I'm just going to say, don't get too excited. But I don't want you to miss who's really in charge. So like it or not, there's often a divine play or a plan in our spiritual warfare. It's not just the enemy being mad at us and disliking us. It's some way that in the sovereignty of God, he weaves into our life spiritual warfare that produces certain fruits or certain growth patterns that God wants to see in our life, and that's more important to God than us not having the trial. It doesn't mean that God dislikes us. In fact, it's the opposite. The fact that he allows these things in our lives and then weaves them so that we will reflect Jesus more and more is evidence of his love. What we don't really recognize is none of us like it. <laughs> we should just go, yeah, this is a drag. I don't like this. This spiritual warfare, yikes. And don't don't sit there and, and, and try and do the, no, I love spiritual warfare. No, you don't. <laughs> but he does. It's ridiculous. But God uses it. But the devil can't do it on his own. It's not like he can do it. I can do whatever I want. No, he can't. You don't understand. We, we really need to get a hold of this. Earth is not the center of the universe. God's throne is the center of the universe, period. Anything else is not. And God is in charge. And he, he will allow what he will allow for his purposes and his plans. If you don't understand it, read Ephesians 1.11. Everything happens according to the purposes and plans of God. Nothing escapes him. He's omniscient. He's, om he's omnipotent. He's all those things. You know, and it's like he's in charge. Leave it there. Okay? And just say, all right, Lord, get me through as quick as you can. All right. All right. Here's the trivia question. There is one special saying found not in the Gospels, but in another book in the New Testament. It is it is more blessed to give than receive. What book is that in? It is in the book of Acts. That would be Acts chapter 20, verse 35. It is more blessed to give than to receive. Hint, hint, as we talk to you about money when we come back. You're listening to the David Spoon Experience right here on KAAM 770, the truth station here in Texas. Short break. We'll be back. Don't go anywhere. What is the David Spoon Experience? 
I got this this morning, and uh, and it came from Alice Coleman. And I just want to say, she said it's a praise report to share. So I am assuming it's okay to share since it's a praise report to share. I kind of go with it. And I want to read it, if that's okay. And I just want you to hear how brothers and sisters petition. I mean, petition the Lord. And there's times where God says, yes. Listen to this. And she even writes it. Uh, beautifully, beautiful job by Alice, by the way. This uh, may seem like a minor issue, but it could have gotten much worse quickly. I'm, fo- I'm fostering Mama Cat and her four kittens until they're ready to go to their forever homes. On Tuesday, I got a bit too close to the Mama Cat, and she swatted my hand. I had a few scratches, so I cleaned them up and applied antibiotics. In just a few hours, I had a swollen hand, red with infection, and it spread beyond my wrist. My doctor had same-day appointments if needed. However, I didn't have my car since it was being repaired. The only thing left was for me to pray for healing for my hand. Isn't that amazing that sometimes get, you're in the position and the, the, the only thing left to do is call upon God? She writes, as I watched the infection spread over my hand, my hand began to throb. I knew I needed help. I asked God for healing over and over again. On Wednesday, it looked really bad, and I kept asking God for healing. Let me just commend Alice for push, pushing until something happens. About mid-morning on Wednesday, my hand quit throbbing. Then I noticed that the infection was no longer spreading. Later Wednesday, the infection seemed to be getting smaller. By Wednesday evening, it was definitely clearing up. By bedtime, the infection was gone away. Thursday morning, the infection was completely gone. I praise God for healing the infection. It was only by his intervention that my hand was healed. It's amazing that our great and holy father can care so much that he is willing to heal a hand infection of one of his children. I think that's a fantastic testimony. So mega props, mega props to Alice for doing that. Great job. And I hope that was okay that I shared it. And see, the point is you can pray. You can approach the Lord. And the Lord, you know what? He might say no. I like what Troy said. Sometimes God will say no. It's like that's the end of it. You're done. But sometimes he allows you to keep petitioning. And the reason he does is because the more you pursue him, the closer connected to him you become. And more of your genuine, real faith has to emerge. See, if you just asked and God did it every time you just asked one time, it'd be like God would be like a genie. Well, God's not a genie. He's your heavenly father, needs to be pursued, wants to have a wonderful relationship with you. And so the more you pursue, the more he gets to spend time with you, which is what he wants in the first place, what he wanted with Adam and Eve. The David Spoon Experience. Welcome back to the David Spoon Experience. Thank you for joining us here at KAAM 770, the truth station here in Texas. That's KAAM 770, the truth station here in Texas. We're getting ready for another trivia question. Now, you guys might have noticed these trivia questions are a little harder today. Some days they're harder. (laughs) Here's, Here's the wisdom of that. And some days they're harder. Okay, there you go. Here is one that is not that difficult. Here you go. To whom did Jesus say, get behind me, Satan? Okay. I don't know if he used that little voice that What's-His-Face used. uh, What is it? Dana Carvey on Saturday Night Live. I don't know if he went, get behind me, Satan. Satan. 
I don't know if he did that. But, uh, probably not. To whom did Jesus say, get behind me, Satan? Mm. If you think you know the answer, 972-445-0770. Uh, and uh, also, you can text in 214-210-8483. And then also, you can send an email, david at hemustincrease.org. We'll send you up to the website. And I'll tell you this about the website. We've got uh, what do we got? We got we got uh, rent that is due uh, like uh, in two days. <laughs> so there you go. There, that's it. I'm gonna leave it there. Uh, in two days, rent is due. So check out the website. Go to hemustincrease.org. Prayer request. Hemustincrease.org. Praise report. Hemosincrease.org. Looking to give to this ministry? Hemosincrease.org. Confused by what's happening right now? Hemustincrease.org. Hemustincrease.org. Yeah, I, I'm going to go. I think that that's jelly being put on uh, a pastry. That's kind of what it, I, I, I kind of. That, and I didn't have lunch. So, uh, you know, with that, I think that'll work. Okay, uh, we are going to get ready to do history in just a second. I don't think we're missing too much. Uh, we have Gabriel, who's training with our very own Captain Chris. And by the way, it's not Gabriel. It's going to be, just so you can get used to it, Mighty Gabriel. Yeah, that's right. We're going to have a sound for him and everything. And you're just going to hear me say that. And <laughs> Poor guy. I just feel sorry for him. Uh, trivia question. To whom did Jesus say, get behind me, Satan? Who did he say that to? He said that to somebody. Uh, actual person he said that to. If you think you know, 972-445-0770. Uh, you can text in 214-210-8483, as well as you can send an email, david at hemustincrease.org. It is now time for history. Let's go. Okay, that was a fun history. Do we have to try it again? You can try it again. He's got to, got to, we're training him. You got to let him try it. I mean, this is part of learning. Let him hit the button once. He doesn't have to hit it twice, though. If he hits it twice, I think that's what it is. You want to try it again? Let's go See? You did it. See? Perfect. That's it. All right, here you go. Here's your history. Ready? Today is all or nothing day. I don't know what that means. This is all or nothing day. What is all or nothing? Is that like all or nothing for food? Or I don't know. Today is aunt and uncle day. Let me ask Mighty Gabriel. Do you have any aunts or uncles? Or are you an aunt or an uncle? No, that's looks so good. Do you have any aunts or uncles? Uh, yes. Okay. So you qualify for that holiday. I'm just pointing that out. Okay. Uh, that's all. Thanks. <laughs> It's also National Bagel Fest Day. Uh, most Gentiles won't understand that, uh, but I love you guys anyway. Uh, you know, nobody understands. Uh, bagels, lox, and cream cheese. You just understand. It's like sirloin steak. You just don't know why. Uh, on this day in 1775, the department that would later become the United States Post Office is established. The colonial leader, Benjamin Franklin was the first postmaster, and uh, pretty much seems like all mail still runs about like it's coming from 1775, but that's just my opinion. Uh, 1788, New York becomes the, becomes the 11th uh, state out of the United States. Here's a big response. So, okay. 
1908, the FBI is formed. They're having a reputation problem. It's not my issue. It's their issue. Uh, 1955, Ted Allen throws a record 72 consecutive horseshoe ringers. 72. Here's where I'll take one quick dodge uh, and one statement on my son, whom I love and I adore, my son Joshua, and I was teaching him to throw horseshoes when he was a young lad. And he, we were in the backyard in Flagstaff, Arizona, and he stepped up and he threw the horseshoe in the air and he stepped forward and the horseshoe came right down on his head and I had to give him four stitches. I had to get him to the doctor. and He got a mocha shake out of it, though. So, I mean, yeah, there's value. Okay. All right, here we go. All right, here we go. <laughs> Isn't that mean for a father to do to his son? <laughs> So mean. Uh, mean guy. Uh, to whom did Jesus say, get behind me, Satan? Speaking to a person, if you think you know, 972-445-0770. Also, you can text in 214-210-8483 or as well send an email, David, at he must increase.org. Uh, getting ready to do our teach. Uh, and then tomorrow, I think Captain Chris will share some things that are going on, and we'll talk about that because today we're just ramping it through and going through it. So everybody just be patient. You'll see. You'll also relax. You don't know what's going on. Relax. Okay. Here is called uh, DDD, Devotional Diamond Day, called Four Commands for Change. Uh-oh. Those are tough. Luke chapter 6, verse 27 and 28. But I say to you who hear, love your enemies— do good to those who hate you. Bless those who curse you. Pray for those who abuse you. Uh-oh. Nobody likes this. <laughs> no, let me rephrase that, okay? It's not that nobody likes this. It's just that when you hear this, you go, uh-oh, because you have to evaluate yourself and go, hmm, this is the self-judgment little part, okay? Here we go, all right? Listen to what Jesus said. I say to you who hear, there's people who are here, so if you don't want to listen, you will know why. Love your enemies, do good to those who hate you, bless those who curse you, pray for those who abuse you. Love, do good, bless, and pray for those who are enemies who hate, curse, and abuse you. And this one teaching separates Christianity from every other belief system. And I'm going to explain to you very specifically why so. Because in other systems, retaliation is encouraged, or in other systems, retaliation might not be encouraged, but neither is anything else. Only in Christianity do you find that retaliation is not encouraged, but the opposite, praying for their wellness is encouraged, which is 50 miles deeper and wider than anything else. And so you're looking at that and you're going, what? Here's what love is in the Christian faith. Love is not a feeling. Remember that song? Na, 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 na. Hooked on a feeling. Na, 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 na. Okay. I didn't say I'd do it good. The point is, love is not a feeling. Love is a decision. Biblical love is a decision. 
If you're going to tell me that it's void of feelings, biblical love is a decision. It does not involve feelings. It is not centered in the soul as much as it is in the spirit, so to speak. And that's a whole separate theological issue. But the idea behind this is it is a conscious decision to love, to do good, to bless, and to pray. You don't do good to somebody, bless them, and pray for them because it feels right. You do it because that's what the Lord commanded us to do. That's a decision that we make to obey or not to obey. We do what we do, listen to what I'm going to say, because God is in the picture. Now, if God didn't exist and it didn't matter and you only had this 80, 90 years or 70, 80, 90 years or 70, 80, 90 or 100 years and it didn't matter and there was no resurrection and nothing happened afterwards, then who cares? But that is not the case. And when you die and when I die, if the Lord tarries, we will face God. And part of this will be in the evaluation. Did you, did you do what I commanded you? Did you love your enemies? The people that hate you, the people that curse you, the people that, that try to ruin you, do you still love them? Do you do good to them? Do you bless them? Do you pray for them? And by praying for them, that does not mean, oh, Lord, I pray that you would open up the ground and swallow them whole. That is not praying for them. That is praying against them. That is not what Jesus is talking about. He goes on to say in the same passage, like four verses later in Luke 6.32, he says, If you love those who love you, what benefit is that to you? For even sinners love those who love them. There's, that's no difference. There's no difference. Christianity does not allow for sloppy agape. Got it? It doesn't allow for that. Okay? There's no room for that. We make a conscious decision in obedience to God to do good, to bless, and to pray for people that are terrible. And if we could be just a little honest, just a little bit, there's some of these people, they're unlovable. There's some of these people, like, oh my goodness. You know? We're like, Lord, let them take a long walk off a short pier. I mean, that's kind of, it's like, you can't do that. I know you want to do that, but that's that's the part of us that you can't do that. And you can't have that sloppy agape. Biblical love is based on a decision, not a feeling. This is the love that we are commanded to operate in. Now, the worst part about this, I'm going to say this for the Christians who are, oh, this will, I'll lose 50 people right here. You're supposed to do this for everybody. You're supposed to... Do good, bless them, and pray for them, not against them, no matter what aspect they are in your life, uh, uh, even if they're your leaders. <laughs> oh, there's a lot of people going, no, no. Anybody can tell me. And you, Jesus is in the room, and you're going to look at him and go, yeah, I'm not going to listen to you. Let me know how that goes. Biblical love is based on a decision. It's not a feeling. It's a love we're commanded to operate in. This is the love that God uses towards us. Hello. The key to the agape, the key to agape love, it's not sloppy and it's not reciprocal. Biblical love is not reciprocal. You don't love them so they'll love you. That's not what it is. Christian love is loving them 
because God loves you. That's a whole nother standard, isn't it? Oh, yeah, that is tough. Okay. Uh, our trivia question to who? To whom? To whom? Boy, one day I'm going to be able to speak. To whom did Jesus say, get behind me, Satan? And the answer is he said that to the apostle Peter before he was an apostle. And right after he made his brilliant thou art the Christ, the son of the living God, then Peter rebuked Jesus because Jesus told him he was going to die. And that's when Jesus said, get behind me, Satan. So even if you get one right, don't, don't, be, don't be riding in the pride. That's a bad idea. All right, we'll take a break and come back. You're listening to the David Spoon Experience right here on K. AAM 770, the truth station here in Texas. Show break. We'll be back. Don't go anywhere. Most of my life, it feels like I've been running, running and running and running. You may be from a Baptist background, a Pentecostal background, a non denominational background. David Spoon has that too. You may be from the Church of Christ, Presbyterian, Methodist, Church of God, or some other denomination. But if you're looking for a show that's Bible-based, spirit-led, and a bit nutty, then give David a listen for a while. If you like it, great. If not, no worries. The David Spoon Experience. Every once in a while when I do the uh, radio hosting, I have this wonderful opportunity to talk to people that influence the church, that are a blessing to the church. Today is no different. I am honored and blessed, by the way, to have the opportunity to talk with Pastor Robert Morris. He is the founding and lead pastor of Gateway Church. He's a best-selling author. He's written some excellent material, but he has a new book out, which has the greatest title ever— Next to the Bible. The, the new book is called Take the Day Off. Please. That's all I ask for. The book is entitled Take the Day Off, Receiving God's Gift of Rest. Pastor Marshall, you're there with us. I am, David, and it is so good to talk with you today. I do want to let you know before we get going uh, that I was actually introduced to you by somebody at your church about a year ago. I was at a place called Inigen. And uh, somebody named Robert, who went to your church, he gave me your book, uh, you know, Beyond Blessed. And I had not uh, actually had the chance to engage on any of your material yet. I read that. It was a really timely book, which was really cool. Oh, and th- then I was able to go and get your book on the Holy Spirit, which I thought was one of the best pneumatology well, books that I've read in eight in a long time. So just so that <laughs> you know, you. I really appreciate thank that. Thank you. I, I, I've, uh, I actually I came from a Baptist background. And um, and so I've actually had, I have some friends that are uh, Dallas Theological Seminary. I have some friends that are Church of Christ and I have some friends that, you know, just come from all sorts of different backgrounds that are not quote-unquote Pentecostal Charismatic. And again, that's not my background either. I went to Crystal right there in Dallas and to East Texas Baptist College before that. But anyway, I've had so many guys tell me that they really appreciated um, that book on the Holy Spirit. Um, and they may not even agree with everything in it, but they appreciated the sensitivity and the way I handled the, yeah. the person of the Holy Spirit. You know, you so. did, it was a great job. I mean, I was born and raised Jewish. I became a Christian. I'm oh, a, I, I have a Baptist and a Pentecostal ordination. And <laughs> Pentecostal. Just, yeah, I'm a, I'm a Baptist. I'm a Calminian, and I'm a manifold <laughs> millennialist. So <laughs> anytime you That's want to sit great. there and talk about diversity, I'm there for you. The David Spoon Experience. 
Welcome back to the David Spoon Experience. Thank you for joining us here at KAAM 770, the truth station here in Texas. That's KAAM 770, the truth station here in Texas. Getting ready for our last trivia question. You guys ought to get this. I'm going to say the question in reverse so you can know that ahead of time. Jesus once healed 10 lepers. How many did not come back and thank him? So he healed 10 lepers. How many did not come back and thank him? If you think you know the answer, like Joanne and Cordelia, who answered before I finished the question, you can call 972-445-0770. Actually, Al punched in first. Wow, look at that. Also, you can text in 214-210-8483. As well, you can send an email david at hemustincrease.org. I am going to take a second and tell Al's joke. <laughs> Everyone wants to know, did Al get Peter right? That's what, Here's Al's joke. Ready? My wife asked me if I'd seen the dog bowl. I told her I did not know he could. <laughs> All right. <laughs> that was a good play right there. That's a good job. All right. Uh, where am I? What am I doing? Okay. Uh, this is a show. It is Tuesday. This is the last segment. It's amazing. This show just boom, boom, boom. Uh, unlike the freeway. Anyhow, uh, Jesus once healed 10 lepers. How many did not come back? And thank him. That's the question. Uh, 972-445-0770 is the number to call. 214-210-8483 is the text. Uh, David at hemustincrease.org is the email. Getting ready to do this last little teach. I do want to share something with you. I got to say it in such a way so that you guys don't think, always oh, bragging. Always oh, bragging. <laughs> so I got to be careful here. But I did find out today, so in the class, I was the first one to get the, the doctorate degree and da-da-da-da-da, and I found out today they're printing it. I actually printed my uh, diploma yesterday, which is kind of nice because it's three weeks ahead of the class ending, <laughs> which is a little bit ahead of time. But I did find out that I, because of the GPA, I graduated with the highest uh, distinctions. So they, they, I guess they put that on the thing now, so I'm... Um, I'm pretty happy about that. I found out today. I did not know. Normally, they don't. So I was just bless me. You know, it's like, oh, that's cool. All right. Let me uh, teach this little teaching called Get a Little Grip. Get a Little Grip. As they sailed, uh, he fell asleep. And a windstorm came down on the lake, and they were filling in, uh, on the lake, and they were filling with water and were in danger. And they went and they woke him up. Master, master, we're perishing. And he awoke and rebuked the wind and the raging waves, and, the, and, there's, and they ceased, and there was calm. So I'm going to read it again because I did so poorly on that one. Let me just try it again. And as they sailed, he fell asleep, and a windstorm came down on the lake, and they were filling with water and were in danger. And they went and woke him, saying, Master, Master, we are perishing. And he awoke and rebuked the wind and the raging waves, and they ceased, and there was calm. I want to... Say this, and I and I've and I've taught this multiple times. It's one of my favorite texts. But I want you to understand something from a like a real practical point of view. Jesus gets up and he rebuked. Now the word rebuke in the Greek means to charge or to restrain. 
Restrain is a really good word. Uh, and so he rebuked the wind and the raging waves. He restrained them. He charged them and he restrained the, the winds and the waves and like took a complete control of the situation. And then there was a calm. Right, and everybody's like, "Oh yeah, well, well, first of all, Jesus is the Prince of Peace, so everybody can fully get on board with Jesus bringing peace." Okay, get we got that. Okay, what we don't get on board with is that Jesus helps us get the handle on stuff, and what we do when we're going through stuff is is say exactly what the disciples say. In fact, if you've ever done this, you should feel a sense of accomplishment because it proves you're a, a, a disciple of Jesus Christ. When they were going through the circumstance, they said, Master, Master, we're perishing. <laughs> see, see, you see that part right there? See, Master, Master, I'm going to die from this. Don't you? You got to do something. Get up. <laughs> it's like, and it's like this attitude where the like, like God doesn't know what we're going through in our minds. You see, like in our mind, we think he doesn't know. He doesn't know there's water in my boat. He doesn't know I can drown. He doesn't know this is happening. And that's how we act. That's how we function in our circumstances. Maybe you got a really tough circumstance. I've got circumstances I'm dealing with. Yeah, it's not easy to, to, to deal with the, the certain things. It's not easy to see your kids go through certain things, right? But it's not like God's up there going, nah, I know I have his file somewhere. Hey, let me check. I mean, that's not what's going on. And so this, this, um, this rush to fear, this rush to freaking out is not a necessary component of the Christian walk. Yeah, it's a pretty normal response if God is not seen as being in the picture or if God is not seeing responding the way we want him to. And that, my friends, that's substantially different. Trying to tell God how to be God has to be a major, a major, major flaw. What it does teach you is to pursue while you're going through it. Get to him. Have, I mean, I, I, I like the idea of understanding what took place there. They needed Jesus, and they needed to go to Jesus, and they went to Jesus. They just didn't have to freak out while they were doing it. Okay? I know you think the world is going to end tomorrow, and I want to say this in the nicest way. If it ends tomorrow, it's because God made it end tomorrow. If it doesn't end tomorrow, then I guess we didn't need to freak out. <laughs> It's not over. Now, the call is for us to get to him. So they went to him. That was good. And they woke him up and they could say, Lord, help. Right? Which I think is still the greatest prayer ever is this. Jesus, help me. It's just like there's three words, best words ever. Jesus, help me. And mean it. Don't, don't just, you know, don't let it become... Just a statement. But he is the Prince of Peace, and he wants to help us get a handle on it. So if you're going through a financial or a physical or um, a relationship issue, or if you're going through something uh, that is you know, spiritually related and you're just really far away from it, recognize that Jesus will help you. He's able, through his commands, to have power over anything just by speaking. And you just go to him and and— Make sure you're connected to him, but I'm trying to help you not to freak out about it. If you remember in the other part of the story, Jesus is like, why are you guys so afraid? 
And the reason he's saying that is because there has to be a confidence that God knows and that God will take care of it. And sometimes the Lord likes to be, um, he likes to, well, I don't want to say it this way, so i got to say it correctly. You know how you like to be appreciated? That's not something you invented. <laughs> there, there you go. You didn't invent that. And so appreciation, connection, being in relationship, not just calling on the Lord when it's nothing but disasters, right? Not doing everything you can at the last minute, I'm just going to call on God. It's like, no, you start with calling on God. You don't end with calling on God. You start with calling on God, you continue to call on God, and you finish calling on God, and you keep calling upon God. Because whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved, whether that has to do with salvation for a first-time decision or a circumstance. You call on the Lord, and he's there. And you don't even have to do a special dance. You just have to call upon him, okay? All right. The last trivia question, uh, Jesus once healed 10 lepers. How many did not come back to thank him? And the answer to that question is nine. So that means only one came back to thank him, which means that a lot of people get touched by Jesus, even healed by Jesus, and aren't very appreciative to Jesus. Ooh. Ouch, that hurts. All right, folks, you've been listening to the David Spoon Experience right here on KAAM 770, the truth station here in Texas. Taking a 22-and-a-half-hour break, then we'll come back. More Insanity with Spoonanity. Talk to you then. expressed on the preceding program were those of the speakers and not necessarily those of KAAM, DJRD Broadcasting, or its sponsors.